0: check out their spin on everything baseball. You'll swear they're using spider tack. Jeff Blair, Kevin Barker. This is Baseball Central on the Sportsnet Radio Network. So here I was, Kevin Barker. Coming in, and I figured that uh, I thought we could roast George Springer for that (laughs) base running play in the first inning. Let me finish. I thought we could roast George Springer for that base running play in the first inning. Well, not only did you, like no sooner had you told me that you thought the play was entirely explicable and that rip and George Springer was off base, and then George Springer hit a home run. And I said to myself, well, I guess I won't mention it. But I'm still going to mention it anyhow. Oh, because, well, it. I know that you and George Springer, I mean, you you, you got a thing for George Springer. I do. yeah. Uh, you know, you... you That's you, all I talk about. Well, pretty much. It, it is pretty much. So you didn't like to the play?
1: They're well, talking originally... you talking about the leadoff double and yeah, I mean, him out f- third base. Originally,
0: my first thought was, okay, third base. I mean, what's the risk and reward here? Third base and one out. Second base, you're going to score anyhow. You know, unless there's an inherent value in the sacrifice fly, you're going to score from second base. Your chances are scoring from second base with that part of the order up are just as good as third. And there was, you know, it was the risk-reward didn't balance out. Then after what you said, I saw the play again. And credit Verdugo with making a good play.
1: Yeah, it's a good throw. Well, you, you got to tell everybody where he was at that wasn't watching the game, right? He was a couple of steps in front of the warning track to dead center field. That so was I guess the ball that batted in hit.
0: retrospect, you know.
1: Well, okay, you got to look at the whole picture here. Marcus Simeon last 15 games hitting somewhere around 214. Now I know George Springer well, didn't fine. know that, yeah, he's but He's my number George, three hitter now. George on. Springer's one of the best hit, one of your best players, right? You want him to be that? No restrictions. You can go out there and do your thing. Don't don't hold back. You hit a leadoff double. You got a guy, you know, that's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. doing Vladdy things, right? He just misses a ball. He got a little backspin. Verdugo gets behind the ball a couple feet in front of the warning track. You you push it a little bit, right? You know the guy hitting third is a pull hitter. Ball, you know, hit to the left field, you're probably not going to score from second. Might take two hits, that kind of thing. You get on third, less than two outs. You, you can have a productive at bat without getting a hit, that kind of thing, right? It's... Me, I'm okay with that. You, you got to do that sometimes at Fenway Park. You got to do that when you're, you're on the bubble. And on the bubble means you, you want your best players to be the best players. And for me, I'm okay with George Springer doing that. He is the leadoff hitter. And you can tell he's, he's looking like he's got a little mojo now. You can tell the way he's taking pitches. The separation from the time his front foot hits the ground and his hands separate from his front foot to the time he's throwing his hands at the pitch, you can tell. He's seeing the ball better out of the pitcher's hand. And, you you know, he's got talent. Mm-hmm. He's got strong hands. He can do things. You saw the double in the right center field gap. You saw the uh, the homer on the hanging breaking ball. You could see on the hanging breaking ball, right? It was foot lands. I got the separation. I recognize pitch. I throw it. When I throw it, all I got to do is create backspin to that little short porch and left. Good things are going to happen. It, they need him to do that. That's what I said. No restrictions. All right, one through five, you do your thing. You think you can get the third base? It takes a great play to get you out. I'm okay with that.
0: All right, remember that's that. That's just me. All right, no, that that's fair. The Jays, by the way, four one winners uh, over the Boston Red Sox. Robbie Ray, six innings, five hits, three walks, eight strikeouts, uh, an an unbelievable jam in the second inning, bases loaded. Michael Chavis, Kike Hernandez, who. Kike Hernandez was 0 for four, sorry, 0 for three, sorry, 0 for two with the walk against uh, against Robbie Ray. He hits Robbie Ray pretty hard.
1: Well, Robbie uh, Ray likes to throw the hard stuff in. What yes, does DJ like to do? Get the head out.
0: But uh, Kike Hernandez strikes out, and then Rafael Devers, who had a uh, it was a two for two for four, but had a couple of that bats so there. He looked a little puzzled, and he flies out to uh, mm. to center to get out of that jam. And then, man, uh, by that point, I think. We're sitting there saying, okay, the question is, how many innings is Robbie Ray going to go? And I think, Bark, we're thinking, boy, if you can get him through four at that point, good luck. Boom, eight-pitch third inning. Fly out to right, 5-3, fly out to center. J.D. Martinez, Hunter Renfro, Christian Vasquez. To me, that set up the whole game for Robbie Ray. They did. Rest well, of he week. had
1: 78 pitches through four innings, and they were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. To yeah. your point, right, he had to be really good pitching out the stretch. Early in the game, you mentioned it. First inning, he got first and second. He got out of that with only one run. Second inning, bases loaded, nobody out. He got out of that. Fifth inning, first and third, he got out of that too, right? The, yep. the misplay in center field, he did the things he had to do. What did I tell you coming into that thing? Is he capable of throwing some changeups to make the heater and the slider in that much better? We saw today one breaking ball, I think, to Verdugo because he got uh, – I think a two-strike hit early in the game, he's giving mm-hmm. him a different look mm-hmm. kind of thing. But we saw 12 change-ups. Yep. We saw a strikeout on a changeup. We saw the mile per hour is about 86 miles an hour. Now, when he's at 94, it's not a big difference. But when it's 95, 96, occasionally pushing 97, you're talking about a, a 10, 11-mile-an-hour difference. And the key to that is it's around the plate. So now it's, right, It's if you're throwing it, just to be throwing it and it's a non-competitive pitch, they're like, <laughs> whatever. But it's around the plate. And when they're around the plate, right, that just gives that hitter something else to think about. And, oh, by the way, he threw a changeup 0 O, He threw a changeup 0-1. Mm-hmm. He threw a, a curveball 1-0. Yep. He threw a changeup 0-2. So if you're a hitter and you're thinking, well, I know I've faced him a couple of times before. It was mainly hard stuff in, slider in, and now i got to respect the changeup away, the velocity. He'll sprinkle in the curveball. This is what you have to do. You go on the road. You're facing the best team in the American League East. They got a book on you. You made a little bit of an adjustment. He was really good. Out of the five hits, he only gave up two hits with two strikes. That was something that he was doing. And, oh, by the way, he didn't give up a homer.
0: The uh, Blue Jays are 5-0 and in doubleheader openers this season. Don't forget the second game of the doubleheader. The seven-inning game goes at 7-10 uh, p.m. tonight. It'll be Steven Matz against Tanner Houck. Uh, the win snapped the four-game losing streak against the Red Sox for the Jays. Randall Grichuk, two for three at the home run, he broke the one-one tie with the two-run homer in the fourth. George Springer, we already mentioned, let off the game with a double. He gave the Jays a four-run lead with a solo homer in the fifth. And uh, Vlady Jr. reached base again, so he's reached base via hit or walk in 24 consecutive Woo. starts. He good against Boston. How about Randall? What do you think of Randall? Well, uh, as you said, we you, you made the point often. Randall Gritschuk's a one, one, one plane guy. And if you throw the ball in that plane, you're going to hit it.
1: Well, look where the balls went today, too. The, the singly got with the runner on third base that it went off the pitcher, and the pitcher couldn't find the ball. It's where it went. The home run, where did it go? It went to dead center field. When he is staying inside the baseball and thinking right center, right? It's not out and around. You know, it's, it's not trying to, okay, look at the green monster. I've been struggling in July. It's very easy to go crowd the plate a little bit, try and get the foot down a little earlier, try and get the barrel out to cheat and get some cheap hits because of the green monster. I like this approach. It was, you know, you're leading with your bottom hand, the barrel's following, he stays inside the baseball, the mindset was right center, you create a little backspin because he, he has power, right? He's on pace to hit. Close to 30 homers again. He's, you know, that would be the second time in the American League East that he's done that. So it's just if he's given you anything at the bottom of the order and can catch hot a little, you know, he's not going to carry a team. But if he can just give you something, right, he can go up and, and catch a ball where he's swinging and, and do what he did today. It's only going to make this team that much better and they're going to score more runs because of it. And, you know, they're, they're going to need him. They're going to need a complete lineup to do things like that. And they need Randall to catch out here for a little while. It is
0: walk-off Wednesday. The numbers are 416-870-0590. Star 590, 1-888-666-0590, 59590. It's the text line. If we like your text, we like your call, we will let you walk us off. We're on air until 7 o'clock. And uh, at that point, we will turn you over to the game itself. Ben Wagner is going to join us in the 6 o'clock hour. And a little bit of news today. Benny's going to be back behind the mic on the radio starting Friday. So we'll be joined by Ben, talk a little bit about his take on the Blue Jays. He spent a lot of time around the team on the road, of course, when they were in Florida. We'll talk to Ben a little bit about what he saw today. It is what? We are two days away from the Major League trade deadline, which is Friday, which coincides with the day the Jays will finally return home. Uh, There have been a couple of deals made today, Starling Marte, went to the Oakland Athletics for Jesus Lazardo. The Athletics, of course, were very much in play for Nelson Cruz when he went to the Rays. So that's a deal that impacts the Jays, theoretically at least, because the A's are, are very much in the, in the wild card hunt. And, you know, I, w- I want to talk about 2015 for a minute because I was thinking about this, this doubleheader. And of course, a lot of people are trying to draw similarities between now where the Jays are in the standings in 2015, where Alex Anthopoulos went all in in the trade deadline. You know, and I kind of contributed to that by saying, you know, if the Jays made a deal with that series against Kansas City coming up at home, and you can just imagine if the Jays make a big deal and it's a couple of hours before the first pitch is throwing at Roger Center the first pitch in 670 days, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Then I thought to myself, yeah, Jeff, it's not 2015. I've heard other people try to make that comparison, say look where the Jays are in the standings, look at 2015, it's the same. And it's not for a couple of reasons. One, that core of that 2015 Jays team was old. It was Edwin, it was Josh, it was Jose Batista. It was basically now or never for that core. They're, they're only the going to be around yeah they they're at the end they're only going to be around for a couple of years longer so it was now or never for that core we're not at that point with these guys we're talking a bunch of guys who are in their early 20s you know a guy like George Springer he's still going it it's he he he's in his late 20s early 30s that's this this core is completely different than 2015 it is not There are no similarities between this team and the 2015 team. Forget where their standings are. The most important thing, too, is the GM in 2015 kind of figured he was gone. I mean, Mark Shapiro took over in August, and Alex Anthopoulos realized. Mm. I understand that's a month after the trade deadline, but Alex could read the tea leaves. Yeah, Alex is a smart guy. He knew what was going on. So Alex basically figured... You know, with all due respect, I'll make all these moves now because there's a chance I'm not going to be around to pick up the mess, which, you know, why not? So that isn't where we are now with Ross Atkins. Ross Atkins is here. I think basically totally doesn't want to be here. Um, he and Mark are pretty much joined at the hip. So just keep that in mind when people say, yeah, but 2015, the Jays were here and here they are now. Completely different. Completely different. But I thought about this today, Bark. 2015. June 2nd, the Jays are playing a doubleheader against the Washington Nationals. They lose the first game 2-0. They fall to 23-30. and 30. They're in fourth place. John Gibbons, to this day, will tell you that he thought he was fired. He
1: was in the shower thinking
0: that. He was in the shower he was. thinking, I may not manage the second game. Yeah. Even if I do manage the second game, I'm gone. Yeah. They go out. And beat Max Scherzer seven three man that was Kevin Pillar it had an was. unbelievable game yeah that was the first of one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven wins in a row for the Blue Jays so I get that we're not talking June second here I I I get all that but I'm just saying that if you if you do want to buy into man it feels like 2015 I'll go with you in terms of the doubleheader. Because if the Jays do take the second game mm. of this series, we talked about, the, the, to me, it's not as if beating the Red Sox, taking three or four from the Red Sox, is going to necessarily change with what Ross Atkins is going to do at the trade deadline. I think they're looking for controllable arms. Yeah. They, you know, they do that. They they are looking for controllable arms, understanding that they probably don't have next year's third baseman and next year's catcher here as well. All right. You're not going to get it all done at the trade deadline. But what I will say is this. What I will say is this. If this team takes three or four from the Red Sox, then you at least plant a little bit of a seed in the GM's mind that maybe in addition to addressing all this stuff – Maybe I go out and aim a little higher. Maybe I go out and aim a
1: little higher. You think it only takes one win to do that?
0: I don't think it takes one win. No, but I but I think a series win against the Red Sox opens that door a little bit. Opens the door a little bit.
1: Uh and Two games above five hundred or five games above five hundred. That's and- that's a big deal. It shouldn't be. But I I I'm just saying that I that I
0: it doesn't change the focus for the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays aren't going to be sellers. I don't think that was ever on the table. The question now is, to which degree are they buyers? So far, there have been a lot, of, a lot of things have moved that you would think the Jays would be interested in. And they haven't been involved in. Uh, you know, we hear that they're talking, to Pittsburgh, about Richard Rodriguez. Mm. Whatever. Uh, it's not the move it's I the would make, but me. whatever. Um, and, and, and we'll see what else. We'll see what else transpires. But, again, we know that Starling Marte has moved today. There's a bunch of other trade talks apparently going on. Kendall Graveman got traded. Kendall Graveman got traded (laughs) by the Seattle Mariners, who are sort of similar to where where the Blue Jays are. The big difference, though, before you try to draw a comparison, is that uh, they've got a guy, Paul Seawall, that they think can take over in the interim and uh and the other difference is yeah, Jerry. Yeah, they
1: not made the playoffs either since two yeah, uh, two thousand. Yeah, and
0: the other difference oh, is a long time. The other difference is Jerry DePoto is uh yeah,
1: if you've noticed he, he gets, he gets is pretty an itchy, good. itchy
0: itchy trigger finger. Yeah, but again, you can't judge that until you see You can't. No, you can't judge. Huh. You can't judge. Well, you can't well, until you see the, the other here, moves. Let's see what the other if moves if you're are. you're DePoto, you, you, you got 48 hours, well, bud. Well, let's see I what the other moves are. Well, Chant, Look, a big deal. I'm willing to bet that if he's made that move, sure, he's got we're a game back. I'm willing to bet well, if, you if he made that move, he's got another move in his pocket. Well, it better be, it better the be a better move. Phillies and Nationals, pocket. by the way, are postponed because of a COVID 19 outbreak. Trey 416. Turner. Trey Turner. 416. Stay hot, eh? 416 870 0590 star 591 Triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is a text line. We'll get through it all. It's Baseball Central on Sportsnet five ninety The Fan. Now back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet five ninety The Fan. This is like one of the great, great live songs if you've ever seen live.
1: It's a great song.
0: You like ZZ Top, I right? do. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, Dusty Hill, the bassist for ZZ Top, passed away today at the age of 72. And and if you... I always tell people, the, the whole MTV ZZ Top stuff you saw with the liminator and the, the beards and the, the furry guitars, that is not ZZ Top. Go back and find their first couple of CDs or on Spotify or whatever. That is ZZ Top. And someday, if you're lucky, I'll tell you the full story about sitting in a strip club with Dusty Hill and the trainer from the Montreal Expos in Houston, if you're lucky. Hmm. But today is, last. Yeah, today. I'm not feeling real lucky today. So, uh,
1: <laughs> anyhow,
0: God rest Dusty Hill. Yeah. Um, Second game of this doubleheader will go at 710. We are here for your entertainment, your listening pleasure, et cetera, et cetera. 416-870-0590, star 590, one 888 Those are, as always, the number to call. 590-590 on the text line. It is walk-off Wednesday. Say something pithy, say something cute, say something that makes me laugh, or just grovel. And we may let you walk us off. Not we. Well, you have a say I in this. I do too. not. You have. I Don't always say. Lie. Well, I always. That's a I, lie. Well, I always say to you who we're going to pick. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's didn't come that's out a that great way. Point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Didn't come out that way. Four-one. <laughs> the Jays won the first game of this doubleheader. Robbie Ray, uh, again, Robbie Ray, six innings, five hits. Three walks, eight strikeouts, got out of the bases loaded jam, lowered his ERA to 304. He's got a 199 ERA in Oof. July. And uh, in his last 11 starts, got a 244 ERA. gritcha homered, Springer homered, and uh, the Jays also, in addition to the bases loaded jam in the second inning, managed to overcome a misplay in the outfield. Um, can't see it, you can't catch it. Well, okay, now tell tell people to happen to play fly ball and and, and what time what time of day would have been it would have been what four-ish around there yeah fly fly ball uh it was well i will ask you this because you know you heard buck and tabby saying the telecast that's one of those things where they go you got it you got it you got it i was always told if you ain't saying i got it i got it i got it don't say anything (laughs) right Uh, in in, in that particular situation
1: everything that i've ever seen it's always the center fielder's ball no matter what right no matter what if you can go and run and catch it you catch it but it just looked to me like that you know for whatever reason springer didn't get a good jump he was thinking that randall could run over and catch it randall couldn't see it springer noticed or could hear him saying you got it i can't see it whatever he was saying and he tried to run after it, dive for it didn't catch it but That's when your pitcher's got to step up and make some good pitches again. It gets down to, you're facing good teams on the road. You got to make every single play. You can't give them a window. But the guy on the mound stepped up and got some people out. This may be a trend. If you want
0: to know what the Jays have to do in the second game of this series.
1: Score more than the other team. Listen
0: to this. (laughs) The, The Red Sox have allowed 20 home runs in eight home games against Toronto this year. In their forty-five other home games against all other opponents, they've only given up thirty. They've only given up thirty-three. So twenty and eight compared to thirty-three in
1: in, in forty-five games. Jeez. Yeah, Blue Jays got a pretty good lineup, especially in the middle of the order. But it's more you trying to get crooked homers than those mm. single ones.
0: No, Xander Bogarts in the lineup today. By the way, have not seen the second lineup, uh, the lineup for the second game. Although we were led to believe it was it a hand injury, wrist, wrist injury. That's good for the Blue Jays. Yeah, you'll real take good it this Blue time Jays. of the year. Oh, yeah. You need the wins. Yes. No, you, you'll <laughs> take... Uh, Rather than
1: not have him hitting cleanup.
0: You'll take, you'll take let any of those. Let
1: somebody else hit cleanup. 416-870-0590, star
0: 590. one 666 is the text line. Mr. Boffo, sir, Mark Boffo, our lovely and talented producer. We'll go to the text line first, and then we'll grab a call. How about that? Sounds good. I got a text right here. This one comes from SJ in North York. They
1: want to know, Kevin, have you ever been as confuzzled at the plate as Raphael Devers? Yeah, 16 years of that I was when I was trying to hit. It was more when I was, I'm assuming he was talking about how much he talks to himself and walks around in circles and tries to figure out how to get hits and not expand and swing at things he doesn't want to swing at. And when he gets a good pitch to hit and he misses it, you know, he's trying to pull his helmet off and... I, yeah, I talked to, talk to my bat a lot. I blamed a lot on, you know, what I wasn't doing well on my bat, not what I wasn't doing mechanically and, you know, where I was trying to hit balls and what I couldn't hit. It was more my bat's fault than it was my fault. So, yeah, it's, it's something that he does that works for him. He's got, what has he got, 81 RBIs or something? It's working. <laughs> well, you know, Whatever it he's broke, doing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That kind of thing. But, yeah, it's, you know, it, that's, that's the beauty of baseball. Do you ever it's, sniff it, your bat? All the time, especially what? yeah, especially really? whenever you yeah, friction, friction between right. the 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 bat, that wood burning yeah, it's got that cool little wood burning smell to it, yeah, and you add the color of the bat mixed to that, and it smells a little different, yeah, it's that right. You just missed it, and you're trying to hit the bottom part of that baseball, and you just fouled that thing straight back, and it smells like it's burning. Yeah, that's you know what what did Josh Donaldson say? You just don't foul those off. You get good pitches to hit. You get good pitches to hit, they'll miss them. It's one of those things, too. But, yeah, I used to do that, too. It's it's little quirky things that get you through. It's it's such a tough mental sport that you got to figure ways out to get yourself through it, right? And when you're not doing something well or you miss a pitch that you think you should have just annihilated, and that's what Devers, you see him, sometimes he'll get a fastball because he's struggling Gets fastballs occasionally, the elevated hater. And when he gets one a little down that he misses that he thinks he should – Hammer, that's when he starts talking to himself and remembers. You know, I'm sure he works on things in the cage and trying to apply what he does in the cage to the game. And when it's not working, he gets to talking more to himself. It's who he is. It's working. should mention, by the
0: way, that the Nationals and Phillies game, we already mentioned this has been postponed because of a COVID outbreak with the Nationals. Uh, Jeff Pass and VSPN reporting that multiple players and coaches have tested positive today after Trey Turner did yesterday. The size of the outbreak remains to be seen, according to Passan, but it may well be the biggest in Major League Baseball so far this year. And um, there you go. And I believe Trey Turner is one of the vaccinated players, if
1: I'm not I want to say I want to say that they asked the manager that, and he did not want to comment.
0: Uh, sorry, Mark Boffo, Xander Bogarts is in for Game Two. We'll get the lineup in a few there minutes. There you go. But
1: uh, here is the lineup.
0: There you go. Hernandez. Oh my God, this is great. Game two lineup for the Red Sox, Hernandez, Devers, Bogarts, Martinez, Renfro, Verdugo, Ploiecki, Dahlbeck, and Duran.
1: Well, Stephen Steven Matz all of a sudden needs to have the changeup really, really good. Arm speed on that location, late sink on that, so the fastball. He's got three different heaters. The, the one that sinks, the one that runs, and the straight one. Mm. The one that runs ain't real good. He needs the sinking one and the elevated straight one. If he can have those two good and the sinking changeup with the difference in the mile per hour. He should be all right.
0: Courtesy of Big Mike D'Angelis, here's the Jays lineup Springer center field, Guerrero DHing, Semyon at second, Bichette at short, Hernandez in left, Guriel Jr. at first, Grichik in right, Santiago Espinal at third, and Reese McGuire behind the plate with Steven Matz on the mound.
1: Mm-hmm. Sounds like a winner to me. Huh? Jays, that sounds like a good lineup.
0: 416-870-0590 star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. It's a good lineup. It's very good. Mr. Boffo, give me another, give me another text. Give, give 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 us another text here. All right. This is from Matt in Welland. He's asking guys, say you're trying to go after a player with term like a Gallo or a Ramirez out of Cleveland. Which prospects are you offering up and which ones are untouchable? Well, we're on the same page here. Um I'll start with Jose Jose Ramirez because I'd rather have Jose Ramirez than Joey Gallo in a heartbeat. Um, I'm kind of with my friend Barker on this. I don't want to give up Gabriel Marino. Nope. Don't want to give up a Martinez.
1: No way.
0: I'd rather not give up Simeon Wood Richardson.
1: Otto Lopez, maybe you can throw her in there too. Mm. Athleticism. But other than that, young. other than that, yeah, I wouldn't want to give up four of them, four
0: of the other guys, to get Jose Ramirez, but I, I certainly wouldn't. The three guys that you mentioned. I, I wouldn't have a problem including anybody else in the minor league system as the focal point of that organization. That's just me. But to get Jose Ramirez, Joey Gallo's, Joey Gallo's a little different. Joey Gallo's going to cost you, Not he's controllable, but you're gonna, he's going to cost you a lot of money. And the Jays at some point, at some point, there's going to be a come to Jesus moment with yeah, this think, organization. they're going to have to pay Bo and Vladimir Guerrero yeah. Jr. They're going to have to give them the two biggest contracts they've given out in club history, probably, or pretty damn close to it. So looking at that, I would rather have Jose Ramirez and that oh. bargain bargain contract like
1: 13 next year, yeah. 15 the year after. And then you could back the truck up if you <sighs> wanted to. And he's 28, too, I think, next year. Yeah, he's this that, year. He'll be 29 next and year. He's, he's young. a switch hitter, and he plays the infield. He and Joey Gallo, the people that I've talked to, thinks a lot. A thinker in the American League East is not always the best thing. Right? It's it's Well, because you gets you in trouble. You know, the, the American League East is a different animal. It really is. Like, you can say it any way you want to say it. It's not easy to go to Boston, like go to New Basically, York. load up all your dumbasses and to uh, send them to the American League Sometimes you got to have a bunch of guys that just see ball, hit ball. And if you got a guy up there that's always thinking look at him in the home run derby. He he basically outthought himself. That's all he did. He got up there thinking too much and and instead of just going I'm going to get up there, I'm going to elevate a baseball, I'm going to swing as hard as I possibly can as many times as I possibly can and because I got more power than most people, I'm going to hit a bunch of homers. And he, he just thought about it too much. <laughs> now how's that how's that going to look when he comes to the American League East and you know he's on a good team like the Blue Jays and he, he's expected to perform. At the highest level. Not the easiest thing to do. 416-870-0590.
0: 1-888-666-0590. Star 590. It is walk-off Wednesday. We're here till 7 o'clock. Ben Wagner will join us in the 6 o'clock hour as well. Game 2. The doubleheader set for 7-10 p.m. at Fenway Park. It's Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590. The fan. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The
2: Fan. I mean, I felt good from pitch one. Uh, everything felt like it was coming out really good. Uh, and so, you know, after that second inning, getting out with no runs, um, you know, there was a huge momentum boost, not just, uh, you know, for the team, but for me as well. You know, it was a, it was a moment for me to just say, all right, you know, this is, the, this is the day it's going to be. I'm going to grind this out, and it's going to be, uh, you know, my stuff is good. I, you know, bases loaded, get out of it. Uh, you know, no outs to three outs is uh, pretty
0: huge. Yeah, I'll say it is. That's Robbie Ray, uh, the winner in uh, the first game of the doubleheader, 4-1 win for the Jays. Robbie Ray had the bases loaded in the bottom of the second inning, got the number nine hitter, Michael Chavis, struck him out. Struck out Kike Hernandez, who, as we mentioned, has had a lot of success against him. Mm-hmm. And then got Rafael Devers fly out to center. Uh, and that, and from that point on, uh, followed up by an eight. To, to me, I understand, that's the biggest part of the game. But Kevin, the eight-pitch third inning against the heart of the order, against J.D. Martinez, Hunter Renfro, Christian Vasquez, that, to me, is what set Robbie Ray in his way. Yeah. Like, yeah, obviously, you, I'm, I'm not... It's going to sound stupid. I understand you get out of a bases loaded jam without it giving up any runs. That's a big thing. But his pitch count was high at that point. He if he didn't have a quick third inning, he wouldn't. There was a chance he was not going to make it out of the fourth.
1: Yeah. Well, again, you think about other teams that might want to resign him. You don't know what the Blue Jays if they're going to be able to give him three years or two years plus an option, whatever they want to give him. If if you're another team watching him and you watched him today, mainly they've been watching the same thing we've been watching. Fastball in, slider. Mm-hmm. He mixed in the changeup. Now, all of a sudden, he's got something he can disrupt timing. He can give a hitter a different look and also strike as many guys out as he, and it's not walking as many people, and it's getting better with two strikes. If he can do all those things with that just little 12 pitch changeup that he was throwing today, how much more money do you think that'd make him?
0: Well, again, the thing with people are seeing the same thing we're seeing with Robbie Ray. And they're saying this, they're seeing the same, the same thing the numbers show. And yes, I understand that I think people are evaluating starting pitching differently now. Nobody pitches a complete game, nobody pitches eight innings. Hell, a lot of times guys don't go seven innings. So you may be saying to yourself, all right, Robbie Ray seems to have difficulty the third time through. Today they were two for eight with four punches, though. Bingo. But what but, but I'm also saying is, we keep bringing that up. And that may not be that big a deal. Like, it's a big deal if you're looking at Robbie Ray as being your ace and the guy that might be able to go into the – the September s- and October. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if you want to hang your hat in that. But – Well, if you're going to give him big-time money in that third year, you are. Well, yeah, but that that's my point. Now, are you saying I'd be willing to treat him as kind of a number two or number three starter? Yeah. But, again, if I'm the Jays – uh, I, I don't, uh, it's, the,
1: it's the 30 year old thing, the max effort stuff. How long can yeah. he, can he do that? And at, at 33 and just think about if you gave him three years and at 33, would it look like it does mm-hmm. in September of this year? That's what you got to ask yourself. Can he continue to throw anywhere from 94 to 96, 97, 98? We've seen that occasionally, mm-hmm, right? He's more mm-hmm, of a pitching mm-hmm. at 95, 96. Does it look like that three years from now? That's what you got to ask yourself. We will talk about this in the
0: next hour as well. Got to talk about Jordan Romano today. What? Three, 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 100 mile an hour pitches that I saw three, two, three. Uh, this is a guy we talked about. Hasn't pitched a lot in July. They they're babying him. They've There's
1: used to be him a the, reason why
0: Pat, but that they, they've used in the past couple of games. Now yesterday was rained out. That's why we had this double header, but we've seen him and and. I was looking today when he came on. I thought, let, let, let's see. Let's, again, I understand you don't throw in 100 isn't the be-all and end-all, but that showed me something today because I have my doubts about Jordan Romano. He Four, comes out second
1: time in three days, and he's given me that? 14 pitches at 430. He get the ball again at 945 with a one-run lead? For me, he does, yes. We'll find out. But,
0: again, they know, they know more than we do.
1: That's two, that's two games in one more day.
0: Now seven inning game, let's right? Say six they times, also
1: spit six times in July.
0: Yeah, that's true. They oh. also they also had Adam Simber up. Um, I, I mean, it would I, I'd have to think about? I, I was going to say I'd have to think about my options. Depends is coming up. Tim Maze that
1: hasn't worked a lot through eleven strikes. The hundred looked easy. too. <sighs> yeah, and and there's a reason why he's not doing the squat thing anymore. Well, I, it's hard. It's hard to do twenty squats a game and, and continue to do yeah. that and stay healthy. It really is. Yeah.
0: No, I I think at some point somebody tapped him on the shoulder and said, let's. I don't think so. You think it's just? You I, think think, it's just I, it.
1: I don't think they had any idea he's going to not do it anymore. He just showed up. You think and, he just and, said, "Well, it was." You know, he had, did have a lot of time in July to stand down that, there and not fair. do a ton of, of things. And you know, you start to think about when when it's not coming out the hand right. What can I do to make it come out of the hand right? Maybe that's one of the things where you know it's distracts when you're hearing fans go squat in unison, mm-hmm. and you know it's hard on the body doing it twenty times every time it goes out. 416
0: 870 0590 1 0590 star 590. Give us a call if you want to talk about the Jays, you want to talk about the trade deadline, you want to talk about baseball in general, or you just want to say hi to Kevin. 416 870 0590 star 591 888 666 590. 590 590 is a text line as well. It's walk off Wednesday. Ben Wagner in the next hour. Baseball Central on SportsNet 590 the Fan. Their job involves watching baseball and talking about baseball. Seriously? Wow, tough gigs. This is Baseball
2: Central with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker on the SportsNet Radio Network. You no, know, last year wasn't having a great year. Um The team was was struggling as well we weren't doing uh, that hot so uh, you knew it was definitely a possibility to get traded but you know with this team uh, the toronto blue jays is a really good team we can hit we can pitch and i feel like everything's starting to come together we're playing some really good baseball so uh, you know the lineup the way it's uh, been going with george at the top it's you know he's got that veteran presence and you know as a starting staff you know we're just trying to one-up each other you know everybody's just trying to go out there and put up zeros and give us a chance to win. So I feel like we're starting to click on all cylinders. So um, it's really fun.
0: Well, there you go. That is Robbie Ray, the winning pitcher this afternoon in the first game of this doubleheader. Second game goes at 7-10 on Sportsnet 590. The fan in Sportsnet. Robbie Ray, who, of course, last year was traded from the Arizona Diamondbacks to the Toronto Blue Jays. He and Pete Walker hit it off to the point where Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray was, if I'm not mistaken, was the first free agent type of player to ink a contract. It's like he told the Jays when they had their exit interviews, I'm coming, you know. <laughs> Just
1: we're, give I, me a number, I'll sign me, it. That's basically what he that said. That was it. That, that's basically what Petey's he said. He's going to make me more money.
0: Yeah, and we know that he went to Pete in the final day and said, hey, I'm back next year. I mean, we'll we'll get it done. I'm back next year. So uh, a little different now, obviously, for Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray's pitching for a contract next year. and But it was interesting hearing him talk about, what this team's mindset is at the trade deadline. And look, there are two ways to look at this. The trade deadline is Friday. There are two ways to look at this. And, and I've talked about it. This is different than 2015. The core of this team is younger. There is literally no reason to go out and sacrifice a, I, I don't think, a top-end prospect for a rental. I, I just don't. You're not winning the division. You're sacrificing a lot of your future for a shot at the wild card. But, but, would you trade a top prospect for a pitcher or a player that not only makes you better this year, but improves you next year as well? Hell yeah, of course you would. Having said all that, though, I think the Jays have got kind of a two-pronged approach here at the deadline, Kevin. And this gets to what Robbie Ray said. I think you'll see them... Talk about, they'll sound out whether guys like Jose Ramirez are really available. Trevor's story, are they really are they really available? But I in the very least, I would be stunned if when the Jays when the Jays take to the field Friday for the first time at the Rogers Center in 670 days, I will be surprised if there isn't at least one or two new arms in there. Now they may be. Kind of this year's version of Robbie Ray, whomever that may be, hmm. they may be this year's version of Robbie Ray or this year's version of Taiwan Walker. But see, this is why I think I think the Jays are in a, they're in the catbird seat right now, man, because they're in a position where they can add for the long term and it's going to help them this year, or they can, if if they want, they can they can maybe take a a, a gamble this year on, on an arm.
1: Yeah, I think they have to do something where they played their home games the last two years. They don't have a choice. They have to go out and, and- but. Just say that we understand what you've been through. You made the playoffs last year. You're above 500 this year. It's hard. Your family's all over the place. You don't have a home field. I, I understand how hard it's been okay, for your pitchers. Okay, you say that. Things. You say that. What What are we looking at? I, no, come on. You said that. Somebody better than what you got now in the bullpen. Okay, about well, that? that's fine. But that's not going to cost you a great deal. No. Well, you're not giving up an Austin Martin for it. That's my point. Right, okay. But you're oh, you know, We're on the
0: same page. Yeah. But I'm saying the idea that, oh, let's, you know, Go for Max Scherzer's... Or, no, don't go well, for Max Scherzer's, Scherzer's Not or coming here. No, he's I not know he's here not here anyway. But I, I'm not interested in rentals. I don't even know if I'm interested in Craig Kimbrel, to be honest. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to think about what the price is for Craig Kimbrel. I'd have to think about what the price is for him. But as I said, I think we'll see we'll see a couple of new arms in here. I I truly do. And I and again they they shoot they win the second game of the doubleheader tonight and they win tomorrow. <laughs> mm. I mean, I'm not saying that Ross Atkins rolls out of bed and goes, okay, now I got to try to trade for well, sort of Trevor Story because oh, we won they, these games. They
1: talked me into it. I wasn't going to, but now I am because they won arm. three out of four.
0: There is breaking news out of Philadelphia, or I'm sorry, Washington, that uh, has an impact, a big impact, I think, on the trademark market. the Washington Nationals' Game against the Phillies has been postponed tonight. Ten members of the Nationals have tested mm. positive for COVID. Davey Martinez, the manager, saying four of them are players. One of them is Trey Turner. Yeah, That's a 10-day stint if you test hypothetical. positive. Hypothetical.
1: Say you're the Yankees. Would you still trade for Trey Turner? I mean, okay. Hypothetical. I,
0: well, I don't know what the other far. Yeah. I mean, if I'm the Yankees, because, I yeah, i trade for him because, I mean, yeah, I won't have him for 10 days, but I'm getting Trey Turner next year. Mm. Now, say Jeff, if you were, I don't know, pick a team that 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 needs that needs a bat right now. Would you trade for Trey Turner? I, I don't know. And the other thing is, it depends on how you know. Frankly, I hate to say this, it depends on how sick the guy is. You know what they say, guys yeah. guys that are double vaxxed they get COVID. People who are double vaxxed they get COVID nineteen. You're not. It's like a bad case of the flu at the most. So, but mm. certainly, I mean. Yeah, you got to think about it. And Maybe I don't know, the price I, went down. I'm not, I got to tell you, like, the, I, I will say this, the whole Trey Turner, Trev- Trevor story, I, I get Trevor's story, but Trey Turner and Joey Gallo, I mean, we know the Rangers are negotiating an extension with Joey Gallo. Those are deals, like, those are deals I make in the offseason if I'm the Nationals. I, give me a chance to do a bunch of things as opposed to – with my, I'm just back not sure. The, wall the trade deadline, trade, sure trade. If
1: Juan Soto is going to be there forever, why would you? Why would you trade your one of your most athletic, if not your most athletic, position player? For what reason? And Trey Turner, I don't. I, I just. Okay, made that makes is, me scratch my head a little.
0: Uh, Davy Martinez, this is a report. Davy Martinez believes only one of the twelve who have tested positive was unvaccinated, so that we don't know if that's a player. 12 positives on the team that could be, there are four players in that tally. So coaches, administrative staff, whatever, Hmm. but, uh, you know, it's a wrinkle. We haven't, we haven't had, I guess last year we had it, but that's another thing that's different for 2015 when we talk about it is no one was saying, wow, we got to pass our COVID test before we trade for the Uh, guy too. That's true. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. It is walk-off Wednesday. Give us a good call. Send us a good text at 590-590. We will let you walk us off. Ben Wagner will join us starting on Friday. We will have a radio, a dedicated radio-only broadcast of Blue Jays games. Now that the boys are back across the border and COVID restrictions are what they are, Ben Wagner will be calling the game, so Ben will join us uh, probably in about 12 minutes to uh, chat a little Blue Jays baseball and get you set Get you set for the second game of this doubleheader. Steven Matz on the mound against Tanner Houck. Uh, no big surprises in the Blue Jays lineup for the second game. For the Boston Red Sox, Xander Bogarts is in the lineup after missing the first two games of this series with... A wrist injury, mm. Mr. Boffo. Let's uh, let, let's see what the folks, let's see what the the, the texters we got. Well, I'm going to jump in here because I got because I like to tell people we're not just talking about the Jays in baseball. We're talking about baseball in general here. So I'm going to just jump in right away and uh, ask you this question: Where is it? Okay, this is from Matt and Ajax, a baseball player. Hey, Barker, I have a bad habit of coming around the ball, not driving through. Is there a drill I can practice to help with
1: this? You told me. Yeah, I I used to do a line drill. And what a line drill is, you get somebody that can soft toss to you, and you put them down the line. Down the line means if you're a lefty, like I was a lefty, I would put this person down the first baseline. And so that way, that would keep my front side in, and I would think of my barrel going in the direction of left center field and the only way that you're going to hit that ball to left center field is is you got to catch it out front and you really got to fight your way through it and have extension and carry off your backside that was a drill that worked for me. Now, you got to have a pretty good soft toss or somebody that's not lobbing it in there. He's got to, or she's got to put a little something on it, right? That way, it forces you to get your foot down early. It forces you to drive your top hand down and through the baseball. And you really want to pronate your top hand. Like, actually thinking about that top hand, if you're facing that pitcher, driving it like you're uppercutting the pitcher on the mound so that just Get you in a habit of always right driving through the baseball, having the good finish. I always talk about a good hitter. Don't look at the way they start. Look at the way they finish. That, too, is one of those drills where you're going to find yourself sometimes on your heels, too much up on your toes because it'll feel odd to you because you've really got to force your hands inside the baseball to be able to hit it the other way. That was a drill that worked for me. You do it over and over and over again. That'll be something that when you just get into batting practice, you'll start thinking, okay, my front side's in because I've had that drill. I'm thinking right center. I'm thinking left center, depending on which side of the plate I'm hitting on. It just keeps you together. It keeps the weight on the inside part of your knees, not on the outside part. It forces you to get in an athletic position quicker, be shorter and quicker to the baseball, and have the nice finish. And hold your finish. After you hit it, hold it for a second or two. That way it just gets in your mind. You can feel it, and it, then you create a habit, and you'll know when you do it wrong, and you know when you do it right. That way you can do it more times right. How was that? Beauty. I'm ready to go. Find me a bat. Yeah, it's a, It's not an easy drill, and, and you will have to really force it out in front to be able to get extension. But if you do it consistently over and over and over again and you get the feel of it coming off your barrel, off the sweet spot, it, it's, it, it will be rewarding to you because you'll get that in your mind to how it feels to be able to repeat it over and over and over again. And that's how you hit the ball consistently hard. Mr. Baffo, the text line
0: is yours. All right. Well, Mike in Bowmanville has a question, guys. He wants to know, he asks, just tell us how the Jays are going to deal with a new field at Rogers Center.
1: It'll be a new ballpark for most of the team. Do you guys see any issues uh, with the hitters going forward here? Well, look, I, I took quite a bit of batting practice at the Rogers Center. I, I And I, I did the same exact on the road you know, Boston and Yankee Stadium. You know, I played a lot in Buffalo and I've been saying this over and over again, that you don't have to hit a ball hard. If you can create some backspin line-to-line Buffalo, you're going to be rewarded for that. And we saw that, right? The big league hitters, mm-hmm. as strong as they are, right? As much backspin as they can create. Now the Rogers center is a little different. You got to, you're more zoning up what you can swing at, what you can drive, right? You got to hit it there. Like I know everybody says, ah, you go to the Rogers center, ball flies. No, they they make it look that way because, We've had some really, really good hitters here to watch, but it's not a it's not an easy gimme park where everybody can't wait to come here because the ball flies. No, you gotta have a good approach. You gotta have, you know, a good base to you to be able to see the ball a little bit better, see the ball longer. It'd be interesting to see how Vladdy translates from Dunedin, Buffalo to the Rogers Center. Yeah, the the
0: thing that I would keep an eye on and there's a new surface. There's a new turf surface there. So the thing I would keep an eye on is because the Roger center, the roof is going to be open. The out, the turf, when it's hot, the ball becomes off. It comes off like a rocket. Yeah. And yeah, infield. It doesn't, I mean, they're playing and they're going to be in the dirt a lot of the time anyhow, but I'm talking about if you're in the outfield, you got to, You got to be prepared for that ball. Sunday afternoons, the number of times we've seen a ball go over dudes' head because it it hits that that just that blazing blazing hot turf. Mm -hmm. That would be the thing in terms of defense that 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 would that would concern me.
1: And the ball the other way for a hitter. You know, we see Dunedin, we see Buffalo. They let the ball travel. You know, the wind's blowing done Dunedin the way it was to right center, and you could see every hitter that would go there, right, mm-hmm. would let the ball travel, trying to stay inside the ba- baseball. Well, the Rogers Center's legit big league ballpark, and it'll be interesting to see, say, Bo gets one, just whack, gets one, and it doesn't leave the yard. Now what do you do? Do you change what you're doing? Do you change what you're swinging at? Do you not swing at that pitch again? And, again, it gets back to that the more you think about it the worst off you're going to be. I'm not saying these guys aren't great hitters and they're going to make that park look the way they make parks look. But it's a big league park. Mm. And they'll have to make big league adjustments.
0: The, uh, uh, they're just going to throw this out, by the way, because we've talked about trades. Um, ben Nicholson-Smith points out points something out here. Uh, the Houston Astros have acquired Yimmy Gar- uh, Garcia uh, in a trade they have sent outfielder Brian De La Cruz, a AAA mm-hmm. outfielder. And as Ben points out, it's a 24-year-old outfielder hitting 324 with 12 homers at AAA, the price for a rental reliever here. So if you're in the rental reliever market, that, that's kind of what you might be looking at. So that would suggest to me, I don't know, maybe Josh Palacios type of guy or something like that. Um, I don't know. I think Josh, I even, even, don't even know. But he, he may even be hurt. Kevin Smith. Maybe that's sort of a guy.
1: So you, so you got, if you're the Astros, you got Kendall Graveman and Yimmy Garcia. Yeah. The last two days to yeah. go with Presley. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I said no brainers. Yeah. You're getting them. Uh
0: this this fascinated me again, Ben Nicholson Smith. This this just think about this for a minute. Bo Bichette is, and this gets to the. Callers or, or to the Texters' question about the Rogers Center. Boba Shedd is in his third season. He has played more big league games in Buffalo, 35, mm-hmm. than he has in Toronto, 21. He's played as many major league games in Dunedin as he has in Toronto. And he's almost played as many major league games at the Trop as he has in Toronto. Yeah, that just tells you how that, 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 that just tells you how much how much now, these baseball guys are, we've missed in person.
1: Yeah, these guys are really good at making the adjustments quick. That's how you stay in the big leagues. That's how you become a superstar. Bo's, you know what, Bo, Bo's starting to. You can tell the big the big daddy hacks that he takes that you haven't seen as much. Now you still see it right. He'll get he'll get frisky occasionally with a guy out there that thinks he throws hard. And Bo thinks you know I, there's nothing I can't turn around. Mm-hmm. And you'll see him let it eat and the backside will fall across the plate. But you're not seeing as much of that. Think, and he'll make adjustments here quickly with balls that he hits that don't go out that he thinks should have went out and those kind of things. Vlady was – Vladdy's. when Vladdy showed
0: up here, it was a real big deal. Bo showed up here, played his game, so it was a big deal as well. Do you think Bo's ready for the reception he'll get here if he continues to be hot the way he plays the game?
1: I think Bo's a big leaguer. I think Bo's a big league superstar. I don't, See, I don't think he minds it.
0: I No, I don't think he's going to mind it. I'll tell you what. I think – he embraces it. I think of all the guys on that on this team. He wants it. I, I think you're gonna say I, I am I am thrilled at seeing at the prospect of seeing him at the Rogers Center. I'm not saying he's yeah. better than Vladdy or anything like that. I'm mean, saying Vladdy is we know what Vladdy is. Vladdy's an MVP candidate, but I'm just saying the two guys that I think are going to be impacted by coming to the Rogers Center, I think Hyunjin Ryu is gonna, gonna get down on his knees. That first inning, you going to be so happy to pitch in and pitching his home games in an honest to God oh, yeah. big league ballpark where the, the wind doesn't blow his, his pitches away. And I think Bo's just going to look around and go, Yeah, how do you this think a reception
1: all the time will be for George Springer? It'll be great. You think be so? huge. All be the huge. time. All the time. Okay. Be huge.
0: Uh, another uh, little item here as well. Keep an eye on this Corey Dickerson. Mm. His first rehab. Game with the Buffalo Bisons today. A couple of hits, including a double. So there you go. 416-870-0590-Star 590. One triple eight triple six-zero five 590 is a text line. Ben Wagner joins us next. This is Baseball Central, the pregame edition on SportsNet 590 The Fan. Now, back to more baseball central on SportsNet 590 The Fan. Parker, do you like bunting? Uh, if I had to do it? Yeah. No. Okay. It's over. I don't know how to do it. I'm just saying that because it was NHL free agency day and the Leafs signed a dude named Michael Bunting. I'm sorry. I was just trying to, I wanted to make sure I could go two hours by without talking, you know, and I have to throw at least one hockey mention in there.
1: Here's
0: mm. a baseball show. Sportsnet.ca, by the way. They've got all the day's free agencies happening if uh, you are interested in that. We are focusing on baseball. because it's called Baseball Central. That hey boy. That's why we're focusing on baseball. The second game of the doubleheader, seven-inning doubleheader. Don't forget, now there's seven-inning games, which I like, by the way. Seven-inning doubleheaders, I like. The idea of seven-inning regular season games, uh, seven-inning games in general are stupid, but <laughs> seven-inning <laughs> doubleheaders are good. No, seven-inning... Yeah, re- yeah. I've heard people talk about 7 <laughs> go go play with a video game. Like if, if if you think playing a seven inning game is a good yeah. idea, go play with a video. I played game. In both. Go watch football. Go watch some sport that requires less
1: of an intellectual capacity. I played in, I played yeah. in double headers that were nine inning games. They and suck. They you you thought you were at the field for two weeks straight. Yeah, they stink. They are awful. They are atrocious. I guess I mean if you want something to complain about, and sit around and, and you think you have to have the extra four innings. To what I guess, yeah. I mean, if, if, that's, if that's the only thing you can come up with in 2021 to complain about is the extra four innings and a doubleheader <laughs> in July 28th, then I I think it gives the manager a little bit more to have to think about. You, you, you know, it's sort of been taken away from him, the shift and the not bunting and the hit and running that they don't do anymore. Now you're starting to think about, well, like Robbie Ray today. You know, could have went off the tracks in the second inning. Who are mm-hmm. you bringing in? There you go. How about this? There you go. How
0: about this? How about if pitchers were hitting in this game, eh? Oh,
1: well, that's must watch. Yeah, anyhow,
0: so uh, yeah, so there you go. Both Barker and I, we love love us some seven inning doubleheader games. Love us some sending seven inning doubleheader games. I like the the ghost runner on base as well. Uh, if the commissioner wants to do it in eleven innings instead, I'm I'm fine with that. But I think it's cool. I like I like the. I like the strategy involved. And in the first time I heard it, I thought, this is just stupid. It's the same thing I said about seven-inning, you know, regular games. You know, go watch football or go watch some other sport that requires no intellectual capacity if that's your, if that's your problem. Because I didn't, I just don't, uh, to me, there's no such thing as too much baseball. So I thought, hey, whatever. But, man, after I saw it for a couple of times, I thought, yeah, I love the, I love the, the base runner in extra innings. I love the fact that it forces a manager to do something. Um But yeah, seventeen.
1: How many fifteen-year-old kids you know could watch a sixteen-inning game? Yeah, but in who baseball? cares?
0: I don't know. A, I don't know. Well, a, that's the I don't point. point having 16 inning, a runner standing
1: on second base dude, is my point. How
0: many sixteen-inning kids do you know can sit down and eat their meal? At or, or sixteen, sixteen-year-old kids do you know that can sit down and eat eat dinner at the table? Like if we're gonna base the future of our sport well, on, on what it you know they on are. what on what it takes to keep sixteen-year-olds happy, I. Mean, we might as well just shut the damn thing down right now. Now you like this, shut it down and leave.
1: If that's your basis, shut it down and leave. Trying to get the young fan involved. Why? So more people watch baseball. The young fans don't pay money.
0: Young fans not coming out of the ballpark. They're, they're the future, Jeff. Future stars. I believe that children. Are... Was that was that Whitney Houston? I believe that children are our future. Da da da. I don't know. Whatever. Anyhow, that's well, just a rant. Just a rant. Think about that for a minute, huh? Hmm. Think about that. Hey, Ben Wagner. How you doing, man?
1: Speaking of superstars, <laughs> I'm good. I'm really good today. Where are you at right now?
3: I am uh, situated. In the core of downtown Toronto. Oh, congratulations.
0: You're up. Yes. They let it, damn oh, it. They, yeah? they let you in? Geez, oh, yeah. I told the dude at the border, I told Murray not to let you in. Yeah,
3: Murray. <laughs> Murray. Yeah, Murray. It's amazing what 20
0: bucks can get you these days. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, American 20, 20 bucks American now. 20 yeah. bucks American. That's yeah. like Boy, 750 you're Canadian. It. You're blessed. Yeah,
3: coming from the south
0: side of the border, remember? That, that, that's true. Welcome back. It's, uh, it's, great. It, it's great to know you're in Toronto. It's going to be great to have your voice back on the station. And it's going to be great right now to have you tell me what the Jays are going to do at the trade deadline so I can sit back and listen. <laughs>
3: um, I'm going to start with the, the excitement. It's great. I I think it's great for the fan base. I think it's great for everybody involved. Um, And it's going to be a lot of fun moving forward, and especially Friday night. I think it's going to be one of those spectacular moments for the network, obviously for the franchise, but most importantly for the fans that are there, but the fans that get to watch the Blue Jays take the field again. I'm really, really thankful to be part of what that night will be and all the emotion involved. Speaking of emotion, all of that, you know, building up and getting to the trade deadline where the Blue Jays are, I I honestly have only one indication of importance for this Toronto Blue Jays team, and that is pitching. That is to find the best pitching that's available that could perhaps get them over the hump. I believe that they're going to work for a starter and another big bullpen piece. Um, I'm not ruling out if they can get somebody that's got controllability, and everybody rolls their eyes at once. Thank you. Uh, but that's important
0: because mm-hmm.
3: what it's going to cost, the Blue Jays in the long run, they need to have it for the next two or three. Uh, two, ideally. Three would be incredible. Maybe you get somebody that's still got a pinning club option. But you there are still spots on this roster where you can improve. As yeah. good as the offense is and as good as comfortable that they feel, you can still improve one through nine.
1: Okay. Well, I have many questions. About that. What, what what would you be willing to give up at the minor league level? Plus, what would you be willing to give up at the big league level packaged together? Because what you just said, starting pitcher, you know, high leverage bullpen arm. That for me is, is you know, you're talking big time prospect. You're talking plus a big leaguer. Who are you willing to give up?
3: Yeah, it's going to cost you know, Jordan Groshans. It's going to cost Kevin Smith. It's going to cost maybe a major league piece like Lourdes Escoriel Jr. Is Gavin Biggio somebody that they look with his versatility that's very, uh, very appealing to other major league teams with maybe how they're constructing their lineup or maybe on the fringes where they need that versatility to factor in? Uh, the only guy that for me, in the upper levels that's untouchable would be Gabby Moreno. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the catcher in waiting. Or Elvis Martinez in the lower levels is one of those guys uh, I would not allow anybody to, uh, you know, to even inquire about. There are Mm -hmm. a couple of untouchables absolutely in this system.
1: Um, How about Nate Pearson?
3: Well, Nate Pearson's an interesting piece, isn't he? But I I think just talking with people in the game, people will... Ask about Nate Pearson, but without Nate Pearson proving that he can be hmm. durable and sustainable, even in the minor league levels, yep. uh, the, the the phones have cooled on him. That's why he's at a really important piece for the Blue Jays' bullpen. But I'll say this, Nate Pearson has yet to th- throw a lot of strikes regardless of his role, regardless of where he's been in in the minor leagues or even at the major league level outside that playoff appearance where he was outstanding. That's what you need to see replicated when Nate finally gets himself healthy enough where he can get back on the major league mound. And I still think we're a couple of weeks away from that.
0: You know, it was interesting hearing Robbie Ray after today's game. Um, and he was asked about the trade deadline and he was kind of reminiscing about what he went through last year when he was traded. And then he kind of brought it back to this year's team and it was... It was interesting the way he just decided to... He talked about, you know, we're playing... I think we're playing good baseball. I think we're a good team. Mm. And then he immediately got to having George Springer at the leadoff spot. You know, un, un, he unasked. He he immediately sort of... Basically what he said is, hey, this is kind of the way the lineup should look. Mm. Now, mixed results so far in terms of wins and losses since the move. Small sample size and all that. But, you know, Ben, I got to tell you, I looked... When that, when that lineup shuffle happened I looked at it and I thought okay this all makes sense I'm a little I don't know about having Bo in the cleanup spot but I think Bo if anything Bo looks to me like he's ready to take off even more out of the cleanup spot Yeah, we talked to him
3: about that, actually. And I asked him a specific question. Does he approach it different, whether he's hitting one, two, wherever, but specifically about the cleanup spot? And he said, no, I'm an aggressive hitter. Most power hitters in that cleanup spot. And, you know, if if you do have good bat-to-ball contact skills, that's going to benefit you. But with his Power that he generates, he feels like he's a natural guy. Even though he has never hit cleanup ever in his career, when I ask him, which I was stunned, right? Because usually a guy like Bo Bichette, and and growing up, he'd be the 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 likely cleanup hitter. Never done it before, so this is all new for Bo. I love it. I love the guys that. Are running wild on the bases. You expect Springer to get on base more. You know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has just been running his own personal track meet around the bases because if he's not hitting home runs, he's getting on somehow. And he's spent so much time on the bases. Marcus Simeon obviously has spent uh, a large majority of the time being a table setter. So you expect that to continue with Marcus. Uh, Why not have Bo there? Why not have more RBI opportunities for Bo, especially now that he's playing in all fields and he's proven that he can drive the the ball the opposite way and drive it out of the ballpark with the stri- I love the move
1: yeah me too with the strides that bose made defensively do you think the conversation about moving him to second is over now
3: no, I don't think so. No, we've seen we've seen Bo play in ebbs and flows. Now remember, he was he was a little tight at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. He really he really cleaned it up, and then it got a little clunky for about a ten twelve game patch there. And he's tightened it back up. And hard telling, you know, really hard telling what the triggers are for Bo and his struggles defensively, or at least the inconsistency for Bo defensively. But but what's interesting is I don't still think that. If there is a move to be made, that Bo would not shift off of shortstop, and unless that's a guarantee, maybe and and perhaps a contract extension. Yeah, but I just I just don't think that the Blue Jays are there with him for the long term as a
1: shortstop. Okay, uh, okay. What if Marcus Simeon doesn't come back next year? Do you move him as soon as next year, off season of this year? You tell him we're going to try and. Get more athletic, uh, a more certainty when the balls hit to the shortstop. You know that runner's out. Yeah, I don't know if you. I don't know if you'd approach
0: it? Bo and say we want a better, better athlete well, that, than you at shortstop.
3: That's basically what
1: you're telling them anyway. Ye- no. Well, no.
0: who, who who are you going to find?
1: You know, that's I mean, a, that's the he,
3: question. He, he had to deal with that question a lot during spring training and a couple of times maybe in the offseason when we were chatting with him, too, that he understood if there was a high caliber free agent site, somebody coming into the system that's not already here, he would understand that this is mm-hmm. best for the ball club. He may not like it. He wants to play shortstop. Let's mm-hmm. let's make no bones about that. Uh, and the Blue Jays told him, you can play shortstop if we bring Marcus Simeon in. And that was part of this and why the Blue Jays look the way they look right now. Uh, but there are still a couple of guys. And in, in a couple of years, maybe there are people that kind of rise to the top in the prospect pool. Where does Jordan groshant fit? Uh, is Austin? What is Austin Martin? Is he a shortstop? Is he going to be moved to the outfield? I don't know. There's a lot in yeah. play. With with Bo Bichette and, and you know what, let's let's be honest, guys. With the depth that they've got in the middle of the diamond, even with some of those younger guys, we may be only two or three years away for even saying like, you know what, this lineup may be better and the career may be better for Bo if he goes to the outfield.
0: That's that's a great point. Oh.
1: What if they, what if they resign Marcus Simeon? Maybe Marcus Simeon plays shortstop and Bo moves to second base. If you got Marcus Simeon here for the next three years, these are all hypotheticals. I, sure. I'm I'm not in that boat. You're asking Bo to do way too much. You've already said that internal clock thing, right? Four point three seconds. Get rid of the ball for the most part. He's done everything you've asked him to do. Now you're going to go. Okay, yeah. you've done everything. You're hitting cleanup for us, and you're raking. I. It's just. It's going to be a tough sale. He's going to be here for a very long time with Vladdy. They're the faces of the franchise. How do you do it? How do you? What's the right time? Even if you are going to do it, that's the big question for me.
3: I don't think there is a right time. I think the right time presents itself and who emerges for, and I'm not even talking about this is a one-year deal. I think, you know, you got to look in what this team is going to look like in the next two or three years, whenever you make a decision like that, because you, you do it, you got to stick with it. Lord Escorial on the very lower fringes of a conversation like this, right? You, you didn't like him where he was defensively on the diamond. You made a decision Where can he be at least serviceable and keep his bat in the lineup? Well, let's see if he can be serviceable in left field. While his routes are an adventure and and, and very entertaining at times, uh, that arm – is a big difference maker. And of course, when he hits, uh, you know, he de- he deserves to, to be in the lineup because he can flip that card over really easy. But again, this was a commitment that was made for a next two or three year window. And mm-hmm. I think if you get to that point where your prospects are here or free agency puts this in your lap, that's the only time you would do that. But uh, Bo Bichette as being the shortstop in the face of the franchise, they go hand in hand for me for yep. the next couple of years.
0: Now Ben, we saw Jordan Romano close out uh, the first game of this doubleheader. Hit a hundred, I think three, three times. And you know, again, as I always preface it, you know, I understand Velo is not, uh, it's not the be-all and end-all. But I also like to have a lot of swing and miss stuff from my my closer. Have, have do we have any idea why? He has been used so infrequently during July. Like, this was the second time in three days, right? Six times in July, I think. Six six times he's been used in July. Obviously, there was an all-star break. And there. obviously, there have been games where the Jays haven't, frankly, needed uh, a a traditional closer just because of the way the game has been played. But what do you think he is? And, and again, we saw him pitch today. Are are we at the point where they're going to take the gloves off with him?
3: And and just let him air it out and go back to back and stuff like that. I yep. don't think they're there yet. I think the I think the reason talking with people in the organization that they're still a little leery of, of really letting mm-hmm. him pitch any moment that is needed in a ball game. One, uh, because his pitch effectiveness wasn't as crisp as what we've seen. To that's the best, in my opinion, that we've seen him in maybe six weeks. Yeah, without four, question, four weeks. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, the, the the stuff was there today and he was very inconsistent in in the ninth spot in the closer role uh, a couple of times got very leaky almost looked timid uh, and the slider lost a little bit of bite so uh, you know how do you evaluate that we're never privy to the medicals but you never know what's going to factor in the with the usage and that kind of stuff um, but you know a lot of guys have been making a lot of adjustments over the last Six eight weeks now uh, with the baseballs and the way things have been been done, and maybe that's part of the learning curve. But I still think that with his workload, you're still concerned about injury and, and the things that have been setbacks for Jordan over the last year and a half.
1: So you're so you're saying he threw 14 pitches, 11 strikes in the first game. There's no chance he's throwing the second game.
3: No chance. I think that's – No that's chance. Or, no chance. That's an organization thing. Wow. And I just I, – I, I'm for it, but what
1: – These are must-win
3: games. What has told you that that is even up for debate? I guess, yeah. That's that's me. Um, you know, I've asked the question privately to some people in the front office and also people, um, you know, on the field. What's it going to take for that? And, I mean, they just look at you blank like you're crazy for asking the question. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's even, like, why would that be even a debate? Well,
0: uh, wins are nice. That's why. Uh, Alejandro Kirk uh, started the first game with Robbie Ray. Uh, we know that Reese McGuire will be behind the plate in the second game. What do you see, Alejandro, how do you see the Alejandro Kirk situation playing out? I, I, understanding that I think, you know, Danny Jansen is going to take a while for that 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 injury to heal. Is this, is this, a, is this a chance for Alejandro Kirk right now? To, to seize this job or do you think that the Jays need to go into the offseason really and and it's not yeah. look I think we all realize that Gabriel Moreno is going to be the catcher uh, as soon as he stay, as soon as he can get up here but if you're the Jays do you maybe go and 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 look at adding a veteran veteran
1: backup. I back think you have to. That's
0: just
3: me. Yes, yes. I, I feel like we've had this conversation, guys, since almost January, right, where you know that there were five catchers on the 40-man roster, but you realize that none of them were that experienced that they had on the on the 40-man roster, and a nice veteran backup that could be, you know, in there, maybe add a little pop off the bench, somebody that could be a really valuable tool. If you're going to commit to have your younger guys be your primary catchers, that would be a very, very good thing that this ball club would need. I still think they need it Uh, for Alejandro Kirk to say he's going to emerge. I don't know that Alejandro Kirk is in a position where he can emerge. I don't know that he's durable enough, Mm. uh, you know, to be in the lineup four or five times a week. I really don't. I think you're very careful in, in his usage. Um, that's one of the reasons I was told that he wasn't called up from A Buffalo sooner. Uh, even when Danny was Danny and Reese was the combination. And, you know, you saw the, the lines overall in the bat. With the, well, the bat's one part of it. But we saw... A bad pass ball in New York. We saw mm-hmm. uh, a bad base running. You know where he couldn't get back to first base in New York. Those are little things that are magnified certainly between wins and losses. But uh, ultimately, as a catcher, you've got to be pretty mobile. You got to be extremely durable. And right now, the the most durable guy, the most guy, the guy you can rely on to be in the lineup more is Reese McGuire.
0: Ben, listen, it was really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. I'm so glad you're on yeah. this side of the border. We will see you Friday, and uh, we will hear you Friday as well. Welcome back, just, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah, Friday night. You're going to get a heavy dose of Ben Wagner, so well, it, Believe be me, I'm ready for it. I'm ready yeah, for it,
3: it. It'll be great. It'll be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks. All right.
0: Thanks, Ben. Take care. Thanks, guys. Ben Wagner. And uh, again, Friday, uh, Blue Jays baseball, dedicated radio broadcast returns on Sportsnet 590. The Fan. And uh, we will have you, we will, again, be on from 5 to 7. We're on 5 to 7 for the next three weeks. And we will take you right up to the first pitch on Friday. And we'll give you some details tomorrow, thanks to the Blue Jays, some details on what to expect when you go to the, when you go to the ballpark. Uh, we are going to take a break and come back, finish it off. It's Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
2: Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. I enjoy playing in that stadium. The fans are awesome. The city's awesome. Uh, It's just one of those things that I think it's going to be pretty special just going back considering, you know, we got a good ball club and the fans haven't had baseball in a couple years. You know, they're used to it. So uh, I think it's going to be special for them, which makes it even more special for us.
0: That was... I was gonna say start banging the drum for the uh, return of the Toronto Blue Jays to the Rogers Center, and then I thought about George Springer and banging stuff. And uh, I thought it wouldn't, but I said it. So I mean, it, clearly I had no filter. You asked me, and you, asked, the, interesting question. And maybe I was too dismissive. But you said, "What do you think the reaction will be to George Springer yeah. coming?" I think, come on, it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be fine. He said, "Well, he was booed in Boston and and and, and, and New York, and New York, of yeah. course, because of the Astros thing." I think it's going to be fine.
1: Okay, what, what if he, okay, just, just saying, what if he starts Jesus, out? No, no, Jesus, no, 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 you don't want no, your, why don't you just come out and say, you don't want George Springer I'm a big, here. That's, nah, <laughs> why would you do that? I'm just kidding. I'm just saying if he goes two for 20. Eh.
0: Well, I would say this, if he goes two for 20, you you'll still be better than Jonathan Davis. So, I mean, I would ask, I would, I would tell, whatever. he Fans, listen, this guy committed to the team for six years, man.
1: Okay, it's just a question. Yeah, you don't, I think I'll get excited.
0: And and you know the thing with George Springer is, I, I I still think that the way he handled that whole thing, he doesn't he doesn't get booed as badly as the other players who are on that team. Now mm. I, I also think I think the fact that he's not with the Astros, look, yeah, I guarantee you, you, I guarantee you, there are a lot of people that the Astros come to town. Of course, you're going
1: to remember that. They'll always be known as that. Yeah. George Springer always. comes down with the Blue Jays. It's like the
0: fans boo Alex Cora because of all this stuff. Nah, I don't think so.
1: I don't, I don't, I
0: don't think so. Um, okay. I just, I just yeah, I, people are, listen, I, I think people are going to be so happy getting baseball back that, uh
1: um, He's a really good player. You can, tell, long, you can tell. You can tell how vacation. how good he is at the plate and the well, things he can I, do. And again, you know he can carry it. a team for two weeks and he can do it in September, which is exactly why you give him 150 dollars.
0: Essentially, what Robbie Ray told us after the, the first game today, yeah, was that punching first thing matters.
1: Yeah, you know, late in seasons, he, he does.
0: The big the big guys up top, you know. That's There's essentially a handful of people in big leagues can
1: slow the heartbeat down when it matters, and you would think he'd be one of them. So, uh,
0: there you go. Again, I will, uh, where are the lineups? Do-do-do, give you the lineups for tonight's game. Uh, 7-10 first pitch on Sportsnet 590. The fan in Sportsnet, the Blue Jays lineup is as follows. George Springer, we talked about him, leading off in center field. Vladdy Jr. will be DHing tonight, hitting in the second spot. Marcus Semien being the third spot at second. Bo is at shortstop, hitting cleanup. Oscar Hernandez is in left field. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. will be at first base. Randall Grichuk in right. Santiago Espinal at third base. Reese McGuire behind the plate. Steven Matz on the, round, on the mound. For the Red Sox, it'll be Kike Hernandez. Rafael Devers. Xander Bogarts is back in the lineup after missing the first two games of this series. J.D. Martinez, Hunter Renfro, Alex Verdugo, Kevin Ploiecki, Bobby Dahlbeck, and Jaron Duran. Uh, he will be hitting ninth and uh, playing in center field for the Red Sox, Tanner how on the mound. What does Steven Matz have to do tonight?
1: Locate the heater. Sinker's got to have sink to it. change has got to be good. Arm speed, velocity, location, all's got to be good. The, you know, he can't go in there thinking about the green monster. He's got to be good. Locating's he got to be on the corners. His misses have to be decent. Not great. You know, he's going to give you five innings. He's not going to give you seven. Any issues with two lefties starting doubleheader? Do they are. Who else you want to start? Trent Thornton? <laughs> okay boom <laughs> there you go and thanks boom. for that thanks for that that uh that pretty he's got much good stuff he's got good enough velocity he has uh, his sinker's good enough when he gets in trouble it runs and you can't tell the difference you know it always says sinker he always says sinker does it look like it sinks? nope when it's sinking he's good if it's sinking here tonight and he can have the change up and the difference in the arm speed because what the difference – the change up and the sinker look the same except it's about eight or nine miles an hour difference. That's a big deal. What that does, it gets it off the barrel. When you can get it off the barrel in Fenway Park, that's the difference between a homer and maybe an out. That's what you're talking about. And if he can control the zone, not have a lot of, you know, fastball counts, Steven Matz is what Steven Matz is, I think. Yeah.
0: I think – I think that's uh, I think that's a pretty good. Score pretty
1: first. Good we'll help him too. Score first. Take pressure off him. You know he is a guy that you know, I don't think you can. He's not going to match the other guy. It's my point. You need to score. Have him score some runs. He even mentioned that when they well, I think a couple starts ago they scored a bunch of runs for him in the first or second inning. He said it made it much easier. I could just go out and do my thing. That'll help.
0: Have you uh, detected
1: any difference at all in Vladdy?
0: in the second spot. No. Anything at all. Oh, well, he's really good. Anything at all. Yeah, I know he's really. But uh, nothing at all, no change in approach or anything like that or
1: No, I think teams think that they, the first guy they have to get out's Vladdy. When you think Right. they're going to they're going to attack, they're going to nibble, they're going to pitch backwards, they're going to try and make him chase, let him get himself out. He is 22 years old. We got to remember that. He's almost hitting 330 in the show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you joking? I, you know, hasn't I, I, hit a home run in five games. You worried about that? Not me. Nah, it's a round thing with a round thing. And I just mentioned that's the first guy you're going to try and get out, and then there's everybody else. You know what? You know what? I
0: uh, there's a couple of things I really like about Vladdy and Bo in particular that we've seen so far in their career. There are a lot of things. One, they play every day. Yeah, which
1: you know, ask Vladdy's a big man. He plays well, every single day.
0: Yeah. Ask. Ask the Los Angeles Angels what it's like to have the best player in the world but not have him play every day for you. There you go. doesn't matter. I also like the fact that both of these guys absolutely rake against the Red Sox. Like, I'm still a they big... They show up still against the big, Red Sox? They show up against the Red Sox. Yeah. yeah
1: the, when it and, matters and, the most. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Vladdy.
0: 13 games. Okay, 13 games this year. 21 for 49, 429, 13 RBI, 10 extra base hits, 9 walks. We know that Bo hits a ton at, at, at Fenway Park. I, that... I mean, there's so much to like about these these young guys. Yeah, I, I get that, but the fact that they've shown up against the Red Sox, yeah, and the fact that they kind of like, you know, not the flip side, Bo does n- do not do well against the Tampa Bay Rays, but man, you do well against the Red Sox. That kind of says, man, something I to wish
1: me. I yeah, we're we're looking at a live shot here, Bo loosening up. Before the game, obviously. He's got his hat turned around backwards. Jeff, I played 16 years. You never had your hat turned around backwards once. No chance. You can do that if you're Boba. Bichette. No chance. I think that's awesome. That he's good enough and he thinks he's good enough this young in his career that he can. That is tremendous. I would have loved to went out there with a bandana around my head my hat, turned around backwards and just... What for you was styling? What did you do as a player to style? We just got a couple minutes i tell you the difference. The big leagues, minor leagues, your pants weren't long enough to go over your shoes. Yeah. big leagues, they were. You could barely see my shoes. I couldn't wait. <laughs> get them things as long as you can get them. You're serious. A.J. Burnett had the longest pants ever because he's a giant human, right? I'd go yeah. steal his pants because they were longer than everybody else's just because. That's what, I was at the big leagues because my pants were long. I <laughs> loved it. Minor <That> <laughs> leagues, your that was pants like, never stop. fit, ever. Okay. Unless I... you went out and bought your own pair. Who's going to do that? <laughs> right. They All give right. you a pair that's like 10 years old that, you know, that are in between. They're, they're, you can't raise them up. You can't put them down too far. So they got to be in the middle. Awful. So I couldn't wait to get to the big leagues. Get the longest pair you can get. Alright, that's good. Well awesome. see, now now you know there's a, so little, little, bit it, a little bit of a so little things a Absolutely,
0: alive. man. It's a long year. You gotta take pleasure in uh in in those little things. Oh. If you're gonna go for four, man, at least look good I doing it. it, right? Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Now I'm not saying that insults insult you. If you're gonna go for four, look good doing it, man. Well, it's more of
1: about a like a pinch hit strikeout, but I was going.
0: All right, uh that is it for us today. We will be back tomorrow, five to seven. Blue jays, Red Sox. First pitch in about what 20 minutes or so from Fenway Park. Tanner Houck against Stephen Matz. Mike and Bowmanville, you walked us off with a text yet? Just tell us how the Jays are going to deal with the new field at Rogers Center. It'll be like a new ballpark for most of the team. There you go. Blue Jays baseballs next. Great night.